0: For the next four weeks or so, together. And uh, if you don't have a yellow outline, you, you may want a yellow outline tonight. So if you need one, just wave your hand, and I'll have some helpers grab those uh, for us, uh, Lauren or someone in the back, or Pastor uh, Edgar. Can you help me? It should be back here, and we'll, we'll get these circulated around. So just keep your hand up till you get one. Um, but but I believe this teaching that we're going to walk through tonight in the next couple of weeks will not only be a blessing to to you, but it could be a blessing to someone around you that the lord may want to use i think it's important for us to be aware of these kind of things we're going to be all over the bible tonight uh, I, I just put first samuel 15 22 and 23 that's one of like i don't know a uh, uh, half a dozen verses that we'll be in but they're in your outline and and i encourage you don't ever just take my word for it you turn to it you spend some time later studying those but we're going to walk through these and begin to see what god has to say to us on the subject of authority Authority, God's covering for my life. Uh, We're going to talk not only about this broad topic, but I hope tonight we will see and sense the importance of authority in our life. I don't know that I have adequate words to stress enough how important I think this is, how key this is for us to understand how to be covered by the authority blanket that God gives to us. In the same way that a warm blanket can protect you from exposure to the harsh, cold winter, God's authority is a warm blanket protecting you from the harsh, life-threatening influences of the enemy who is giving attack after attack after attack on you. I got an email from Roy along with the rest of the staff sometime this week letting us know that the church website is down. There has been attacks being launched at our I think uh, where we host our website day after day after day after day. And it's not just us who's affected. There's thousands of websites that were down at that point. And it just kind of reminded me that not only are there hackers and, and there's attacks, but every single moment of every single day the enemy is waging war against you. And one of the protections that God has given to you and to me is this blanket of, of protection, of covering, of being underneath the authority of the Lord. My prayer is that you and I will will see God's authority in potentially a new way. See, as long as we see authority as a threat to our freedom, or just this necessary evil that we have to endure of submitting to authority, you'll never know God's protection and the freedom that he brings in your life through that. I thank God that... Early on I began to learn about submitting to authority and this has been something I think the Lord has allowed me through through godly parents and mentors to catch early on But if, if we don't hang on to this if we don't catch this it can wreak havoc in our life decade upon decade This series will have profound implications in every area and every arena of our life at home at work at school at church in our marriages As a parent, as a child, as an employee, as an employer, as a student, as a teacher, as a citizen, you and I are faced with the issue of authority every single day in every aspect of our life. Now, I have to warn you that this series is not always going to be fun. (laughs) So that's, there you go. How about it? The next four weeks are not all going to be fun. It won't always be pleasant. It won't always be easy because in our nature, as a culture, and as a fallen people, we have a bent towards selfishness. We have a heart that can be rebellious without the the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Every person who is alive naturally wants to rebel. We want our own way. We're born with this bent to resist authority in our life just ask any parent in this room who's had a toddler they are born with this desire to say no those who are closest to it pastor ryan can testify to how easy it is for no to come out of our children's mouths add to this fact that we live in a culture that rewards and reinforces an independent spirit Unlike other cultures that lift up the good of the whole above the individual, we live in a culture that, that overemphasizes our own personal rights at times, and there's, there's room for that, and that can be a good thing, but we, we flail so far to the other side that it's mean what I deserve, and my rights in this culture is so wrapped up in that, it compounds us even more and more for us. Consequently, we live in a nation that basically chafes under the idea of submitting to anyone. The idea of submission is not a topic that you talk about if you want to draw a crowd. If you want to repel repel people, then talk about submitting to authority. But God clearly teaches and talks to us about submission to authority. In the midst of this rebellious generation, God is calling you and me to a fresh understanding and application for His authority in our life both his direct authority and his delegated authority in our life. You see, the issue is not if you will learn about authority. It's when you will learn about authority. God is going to teach you authority somewhere, sometime, somehow. The sooner that you and I learn it, the better off that we will be. The best place to learn authority is in the home as a child. But with the breakdown of the traditional family and the deadbeat dad society and, and this uh, Mothers who resist the idea of a role of a mother of one kind that God may bring to them with teenage parents and a, a Lack of skill set to parent we have not learned authority in the home and we cannot pass it on to children by and large Those are big broad brushstrokes that may not be your home, but that is our culture Some go on to learn authority throughout school through a teacher or through a coach, through a youth worker, through a pastor, but others refuse to learn authority. And there's some who say, I'm going to exploit my macho abilities and I'm just going to run away and join the military. Lo and behold, they find in the military there's authority waiting for them there. Maybe you have someone in your life who learned that the hard way, or you can hear a story of someone who was going to set Uncle Sam straight, but they get into that military role and find out authority is there waiting for them day and night those who fail to learn authority eventually one day will either end up in prison faced with authority or unfortunately there'll be some who escape that route and they continue to rebel and they stand face to face with god when it's too late and they will be faced with authority from heaven so when it comes to authority, it's never too soon to learn it, and it's not about if we learn, it's when we learn. It's this truth, uh, I will never discover God's purpose for my life until I place myself under His authority and His delegated authority in my life. So I want to start uh, this teaching tonight by looking at uh, this First observation. It's two principles. It's it's there in your outline. This is more of a teaching time tonight than preaching time, but I think this will build one block upon another upon another that will be very important for us in the next few weeks. Let's look at these two principles that govern the universe. These two key principles that are at work in our universe all the time, everywhere, across every culture, every nation, every tribe, every tongue. It is there all the time. First, it's God's authority the bible clearly and consistently spells this out for example the apostle paul reminds us in romans 11:16, from him and through him and to him all things to him be the glory forever amen it's all centered on the lord it's all for the lord it's all directed to the lord All the physical laws of the universe are maintained by God's authority. Again, in chapter 13, he writes, There is no authority except that which God has established, Romans 13.1. If you're taking notes, underline that in your outline, Romans 13.1. That's a good verse to continue to study. We'll come back to that over the next couple of weeks of how important that is to us. Therefore, all who desire to serve God must know and submit to the authority of God. But there's another principle that governs our universe. Not only is it God's authority, we see in our universe this principle there. It's satanic rebellion. Rebellion first entered the universe long before Adam's and Eve's disobedience. The Bible tells us that the archangel lucifer resisted god's authority and was cast out of heaven and with a third of the angels who joined his rebellion we read of this in revelation 12:4 and in isaiah 14 it, re- it refers to this rebellion in babylon it's the same spirit of rebellion that comes from lucifer that's there it's it's a portal we can look in isaiah of what it's like what this satanic rebellion when we say those words sometimes we think well that's a little bit harsh but either it's of God or it's not. Either it's of God or if it's of Satan. And in God, there is no rebellion that's of him, and so it is of Satan, this rebellion. And we read a little bit in Isaiah chapter 14. Let me read it to you. I'm reading in verse 12 through 15 of this picture of Babylon's rebellion, what it looks like. It's also tied to this heart of rebellion that is in Lucifer. How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth. You who once laid low the nations, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will rise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly, on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. But you are brought down to the grave, to the depths of the pit. Here, Satan's intent was still to get them to put themselves above God. We see this picture that they were to take their throne above God's throne. That's what Satan did. He said, God, this is what you want. I am as equal to you or better than you. I want what I want, how I want it. It's a spirit of rebellion. It was a direct affront to God's authority. See, the principle of prideful self-exaltation is at the root of all rebellion. That bears repeating for us. This principle of prideful self-exaltation is at the root of all rebellion. How does this manifest itself in our life today? Let's apply it this way. I am operating under satanic rebellion whenever I take for myself what belongs to God. That sounds harsh. That sounds mystical. That sounds kind of far out there. It's either of God or it's not. And so I'm operating under satanic rebellion whenever I take for myself what belongs to God. Whenever I live as if I am in control of my life, whenever I take the glory for something that I feel like I have done, whenever I try to manipulate people and circumstances for my own benefit, I'm operating under the spirit of rebellion that's not from God, that's from the enemy. And I remove myself from the covering of God's authority that's intended to be a gift, not a killjoy in our life. You see, Satan knows that he cannot usurp God's throne directly. He was expelled from heaven. But he is here on earth, and his strategy is to target the ones that God loves deeply, and and that's you and me, and to get us to rebel against God. That's his desire to thumb his nose at God. If we look at Genesis chapter 2, when God created man, he placed the whole earth under Adam's authority. According to chapter 1, verse 38, he put Adam over the fish, over the sea of the birds, excuse me, over the sea and the birds of the air, over every living creature that moves on the ground. He placed man in authority over this creation, but he also placed man under authority, his authority. You remember the one command that God placed on Adam, found in Genesis 16 and 17? And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. Genesis two sixteen seventeen. See, God had more in mind here than, than monitoring Adam's diet. This wasn't about losing weight. This wasn't God's Weight Watchers plan. This was about authority. This was about responding and respecting God. It was about being obedient to what God had said. He was putting him under his authority. He could learn obedience. In turn, there would be a covering. There would be a protection. This would be a gift for him, not a resistance for him. God put you and me under his authority so that we could learn what obedience is like and the blessing of obedience. When God places someone under authority, it's not to rob them of a good time. This is key. Our culture says, if I have to submit to anything, then, then I'm just not going to have any kind of fun. I, I just lose all my, my, my ability to do whatever I want to, my independence, and this is a horrible thing. In fact, submitting to godly authority is a tremendous gift. As long as we view authority in our life as a killjoy, we'll never learn the joy of obedience. And consequently, we will never discover God's best for our life. The fall of man plain and simply, is due to disobedience to God's authority. There's nothing more to this than just pure rebellion against God. The issue here was not a perfect fruit that was tarnished. It was something that was reserved for God alone that they chose to take for themselves. They wanted to gain wisdom and knowledge of good and evil. And their desire for knowledge and wisdom was greater than their desire to obey God. Now the application for us, I don't want to miss this, even though it's obvious, we need to point this out. When our actions are governed more by the desire for knowledge, for power, for wisdom... For our own control than they are to simply obey god we are operating in the spirit of rebellion and we lose this gift of protection of authority that god has given to us sometimes i think we're too quick to exonerate ourselves from any hint of rebellion because our definition of rebellion is too narrow satanic rebellion takes on many different forms Often it's the subtle manifestations that are the most destructive because they're the most deceptive to us. Adam and Eve, I don't believe, sat out to rebel against God's authority. Most of us, if we would be apart from the rest of the teaching of Scripture, we could look at their desire for wisdom and to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge and commend them for their thirst of knowledge. What a great thing. Their desire for wisdom, what a great thing. But but disobedience no matter how logical it is, or pious it may seem, is a form of rebellion that is not of God, it's of Satan. Now, it's interesting here, and I don't want to belabor this point, but it doesn't appear that Eve was present when God commanded Adam not to eat of this tree of knowledge of good and evil. Where did she hear of God's command? Now, maybe, we don't know, the text does not give us all the details here, maybe God told her directly. God's pattern throughout Scripture often is he would speak his authority through someone delegated to them. And could it be in this case that that Adam was the one to give this instruction to Eve of what he heard from God that we're not supposed to eat of this tree of knowledge? And when so, she disobeyed. Guys, before we get harping on Eve for blowing the whole thing, we jumped right in there. That's like the ridiculous thing to think about. (laughs) We jumped right in. But when what was passed on, there was some potential delegated authority here. There was some potential uh, passing on what God said to Adam. Now, Eve catches this. We did not necessarily respond to this. We can see a principle, and we'll look at it through other passages of Scripture as well. It doesn't just hang on this one passage. It's this. When I disobey God's delegated authority, I'm in fact rebelling against God. Now, I told you this teaching won't always be fun or easy. This is part where it's like, okay, just stop talking. I don't want to think about this. When I disobey God's delegated authority in my life, I am in fact rebelling against God. None of us here today would, would think about rebelling against God directly. We wouldn't want to do that. Yet from his standpoint, When you and I live in disobedience to his delegated authority, to a parent, to a teacher, to a spiritual leader, to a civil authority in our life, we are actually rebelling against God. There's no difference to him when we're rebelling against authority. Church of America is silent. Now there are rare occasions when resisting authority is very appropriate, even right. And we'll consider these in the weeks ahead. We're going to talk about one week, what do we do when authority fails? What do we do when authority is, is fallen from God? And, and we'll take a whole night to talk about what we do in those cases. And, and we will we'll see that. But we are never called to obey a delegated authority that takes us directly against God's word or directly against the will of God in our life. And we'll talk through that together. But, but before we go there, we need to remind ourselves that God cannot and will not bless a rebellious, self-centered people. He only uses people who simply obey his commands no matter what. Mark it down, there are only two principles that govern this universe, God's authority and in this the rejection of his authority, that satanic rebellion. The choices we make every single day will determine which principle governs our life. Will we be be governed by the blessing of authority of God or governed by this rebellion of the enemy? The second observation I want us to look at tonight is, is two decisions that govern our life. Two decisions that govern our life. We begin to see this governing of our life in a covering that God gives to us. You know me well enough by now that I often share that I have a a very simple mind and I need some simple things to help me think through this. And this picture helped me in my life and we'll see if it's helpful to you. I am not a quilter. This is from my mother-in-law and so thank you Becky for this wonderful quilt. But as we look at the things that govern our life, there are this covering, it's like a warm blanket that protects us from the cold of the enemy around us, and it's this covering that brings two key things in our life, two decisions that can govern our life. First, it's trust in God's authority. When we begin to operate in trusting God's authority, it is part, it is half of this covering that wraps us up under his protection now it's important to note that when I'm under the protection of God that doesn't mean that nothing bad ever happens it doesn't mean that everybody will like me it doesn't mean that I get everything that I want but it does mean that I'm under the protection of God and he is able to freely move and work in my life we'll unpack that over the next couple of weeks to trust in God's grace alone for salvation is key acts 4:12 salvation is found in no one else for there's no other name under heaven given by given to men by which we must be saved. It's trusting in Jesus alone. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever would believe in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Trusting in Him. His covering of authority in our life starts with trusting Him. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, if you're not trusting in Him at this level, everything else is foolishness. It starts here. But many of us, when we catch this part of the blanket, we are trusting in God, but that's only half of what it is. There's another decision that you and I need to make every single day of the year. I wish I had better words to say this. Like every day of the year. Not like twice. At an altar somewhere. Like all the time. The second is to obey God's authority when I trust this is part of the covering when I obey it is the full covering I'm trusting in Jesus and I'm obeying in Jesus and when this happens I am falling underneath the authority of God and there's a protection that comes there Trusting in him and being obedient to him It's this covering of authority that God brings in our life and we'll talk about this over the next couple of weeks together If you look at 1 Samuel chapter 15, we begin to see some excerpts of how this takes place. Watchman Nee is right when he observes, The greatest of God's demands on man is not for him to bear the cross, or to serve, or to make this offering, or to deny himself. The greatest demand is for him to obey. The most important thing that God asks for us is, is to obey. The story in 1 Samuel 15 is a classic example of this. Let me summarize some of this and take some time maybe later on to study this. I'm going to land on 1 Samuel 15:22 if you want to turn there. That's the key verse we'll look at. But setting the scene here, God ordered King Saul to attack the Amalekites and destroy them totally. That was the command of God, leaving nothing. That's what God said to do. Yet after his victory, King Saul spared the Amalekite king, along with the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatted beasts, the lambs, and all that he thought was good. He kept them. Saul did not destroy everything as God had clearly commanded. He he reasoned in his mind that these would be good gifts to God. We could tithe on this. This would bless the ministry of, of God's house. This is valuable stuff. We shouldn't throw this away. It began to make sense to them. I mean, as you read verses 13 through 21, I mean, who would criticize King Saul for saving the plunder of his victory and and, and putting to God's use these valuable resources? It sounds reasonable, even admirable, except for one important detail. It was disobeying God's direct Demand. And that's why Samuel replies in, in 1 Samuel 15:22 "Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice Here's the application for you and I today. God values my obedience, your obedience more than my sacrifice and your sacrifice. God values my obedience and your obedience more than our sacrifice. Why? I believe because in our sacrifice there can even be an element of self-will. I can offer my sacrifice and try to earn God's favor or try to impress other people or try to convince God to get on my agenda. But in obedience, with a submissive heart, there's the fruit of a life that has learned authority and submitting to God's authority. Likewise, disobedience, no matter how reasonable, how logical, how pious it seems is the fruit of this satanic rebellion. Looking at verse 23, rebellion is like the sin of, of what's described as, as witchcraft. That's pretty strong. In God's eyes, when I rebel against my parents, against my spiritual leader, against my boss, against uh, someone who's an authority over me, it is like witchcraft. Pastor Brady, I don't think I like that. I'm with you. I'm, I'm an American from a red state. That sounds strange to me. But friends, there is something that God has given to us as a gift and submitting to authority. Well, what happens when they're all messed up and they're not following God? We'll talk about that when, when, we're, when uh, uh, authority goes wrong. That's, that's a week we'll look at together what we do. But, but before we get to that, we need to understand the root of this is not obey when it makes sense to you. Submit when it makes sense to you. Guess what? That's not obedience. That's not submission. That's you being in charge and making them think that they were in charge. But there's a gift that God gives to us in authority, His authority and His delegated authority, that actually is a blessing to us. Now, we get this somewhat with our kids. Respect adults. Listen To the police. Well, some places in our country get this. Uh, Listen to authority. We can see some benefits. But when it gets to what what I see going on at my place of work, what I see going on in my neighborhood home association, uh, that I don't know that I like that so much, there is a principle here that God has a blessing for us if we learn about authority. Don't miss it just because you're like me, a red blooded American. There is some hope for us in this. We can begin to see that God has help for us. Obeying God's authority god values my obedience more than my sacrifice are you beginning to see how serious the issue of staying covered under god's authority is consider one more example from the bible before we leave tonight look at acts 23 1 through 5 with me we can connect with paul we did this morning i think we can do it again tonight we can observe the impact of honoring delegated authority now this is key even in the face of persecution In Acts 23, 1 through 5, we find the Apostle Paul who's being falsely accused by the Sanhedrin. This is the Jewish ruling body. In the heat of the debate, the high priest Ananias orders those standing near Paul to strike him in the mouth. What a great church board meeting. Leadership says, punch him in the mouth. That's kind of strange. Strike him in the mouth. Now notice Paul's response. Then Paul says to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. You sit there to judge me according to the law, yet you yourself violate the law by commanding that I be struck. Go, Paul. Like those words. Everything that Paul said about Ananias was true. But it was wrong because it was in disobedience to God's command to respect those in authority over you. Notice the next verse. Those who were standing near Paul said, You dare insult God's high priest? Paul replied, Brothers, I did not realize he was the high priest. For it is written, Do not speak evil about the ruler of your people. Here we see a picture that Paul understood spiritual authority. What he was saying was, I was doing the right thing the wrong way, and it is always wrong. I can be dead right saying it in the wrong way, and still be dead wrong. The authority was definitely not acting Christ-like, but Paul recognized his responsibility to still come underneath God's call to respect the authority in his life. Remember, we're going to talk about it in a couple weeks, of what we do when authority fails and how we respond to that. But there's a key lesson for us here. Authority, God's direct and delegated authority, are a gift to us. Paul understood this. He was quick to confess his disobedience so he could continue to receive the covering of God's authority in his life and in his ministry. And this is an application for you and me today. It's possible for me to be right and yet still be in rebellion. It's possible for you to be right, correct, and still be wrong or in rebellion. I can illustrate this. In my own life, I don't always agree with everything that those in authority over me have decided. Sometimes, (laughs) I I just not only feel, but I know I am right and they are wrong. You ever had that feeling? You read management books and they say, that's called leading up. No, that's called frustrating. If someone in authority over you is wrong, you know you are right. Right? But God has hammered an appreciation in my heart to respect the authority that God has delegated in my life. And I understand and appreciate the authority that God has placed over me. And I can with confidence submit to the authority knowing that God will work his best out through those fallen people. Just as I am a fallen person like them. As I learn to respect his authority. As long as that delegated authority... Is not requiring me or someone else to do something that's unethical, immoral, unbiblical. I have the privilege as well as the responsibility to submit to that authority. Why? Because Jesus uses this in our life to teach us that obedience is better than sacrifice. That submitting to his power and his control reminds me that he's in charge and I am not. There's something in us that says, I want to be in charge. I want to be in control. If I'm not going to drive the car, I'll sit in the back seat and tell you how to drive the car. I'm good at doing that. (laughs) There's an amen ready right there. There's something in all of us that wants to do this, but the Lord says, wait a minute, wait a minute. When we begin to say, you know what, I'm going to be responsible for what has been delegated to me. I'm going to respect Those who have authority over me will talk about what we do when they ask us to do things that are contrary to God. But this attitude of respect and submission to those who put over us, it lets God move freely in our life. It removes all this other junk in our hearts. If I take matters into my own hands if I make decisions based on my own judgment, if I chafe under God's direct authority or delegated authority, I'm moving out from underneath this covering that He's given to me when I trust Him and when I obey Him and when I try to do everything I can to submit to the authority He's set up, there is a blessing in my life. See, here's what happens. Obedience produces a heart for more obedience. I found that those who have learned obedience in the home Not always. Not always. But often get John 4, 34 faster. When Jesus says, my food is to do the will of the Father, to obey the Father. When we begin to see that obedience is not this taking away of all things fun. It's the cosmic killjoy. But it is a blessing to us. It opens up pathways of all kinds of blessing in our life. Heavenly Father. I thank you that you love me enough to not only teach me the things that I like to hear, but to teach me the things that I don't want to hear. Lord, I confess that this is one of those areas that that may not feel real fun to listen to. But Lord, I thank you that you are concerned more about my character, about my eternal being, about my trusting in you and my obedience in you, more than my comfort more than my pride, more than my own agenda. Lord, as we begin to look over the next couple of weeks of what we do when human authority fails in our life and how we handle that, Lord, I pray that you would remove any roadblocks the enemy wants to place in our mind that would not allow us to receive other parts of the teaching. But Lord, could you help us start with an openness to this gift Lord, I believe there's many in this room who are receiving the gift, but Lord, in a room this size, with the amount of people here tonight, just by the law of averages, Lord, I know that there's a few of us who really have been hurt by authority. Lord, would you remind us that you've given this authority blanket for us as a gift, not a burden, a blessing, not restraint. Thank you for the freedom, for the protection, for the joy that we can find in resting in your arms. It's in your name, Jesus. We thank you for these things. It's in your name that we say we want you to help us be obedient to these things. So I say let it be so. Amen and amen. Friends, thank you for your attention to God's word tonight. I want to challenge you. Uh, If you happen to miss a week, don't say, well, I'm not coming back. But if you can, there are going to be some sequential things that I think could be a blessing to us that hopefully tonight there will be some questions. You go, okay, that's good, but what about this? Come next week. And guess what? We'll give you three more questions to ask, and then come back the next week, and we'll grow in this together.